What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Football Fanatic. My name is Jacob Galpo, and today it is time for the Week 6 preview. That's right, it's already time for Week 6. There's the first game on tonight, Thursday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles, Carolina Panthers, and we are going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, I just want to give you a friendly reminder. FootballFanaticPodcast.com. Go check it out. That is where you can find a list of all the episodes that we've done so far, along with a spreadsheet of my picks and Nick's picks for every week. So Nick will not be joining me this week. He had a bunch of homework to do, so he was unable to join me. But his picks will still be on the website, so go check that out for all of that. And with all that said, let's get started with the preview. So this is probably one of the more interesting Thursday night matchups we've had so far. As I mentioned, it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers. So uh, we're going to dive into this one right away. Uh, this is a good matchup, and they're pretty evenly matched teams in my opinion. Um, both teams are 4-1, and one, and Carolina is coming off back-to-back -back road wins against the Patriots and the Detroit Lions. So they've beaten some good teams, and then we look at the Eagles, who I also think are a very good team. They're also 4-1, and one, but their matchups haven't been nearly as difficult. They went up against the Chargers, the Cardinals, so just a weaker schedule. Um, they are doing a lot better on offense. They're averaging about 70 more yards per game. They're averaging six six and a half more points per game. But as I mentioned, Carolina's had some harder matchups, and then also their defense has been performing a lot better than the Eagles. The Eagles' defense is not very good. Um, while the Panthers' defense, led by Luke Keekley, is very good. So I think uh, that's what's going to really determine the matchup for me is um, how the defense performs. So basically, I think um, Cam Newton, whether he shows up or not, is going to definitely make a difference in this one. Because if he turns in a performance like he has been in the past two weeks, then yeah, he's going to tear apart the Eagles' pretty weak defense. But if he turns in a performance like the first two weeks, then I think Carson Wentz and the Eagles are going to score more points than them, and they're going to win the game. So let's start our preview with the Panthers. Cam Newton, as I mentioned, back-to-back 300-yard, -back, three-touchdown games, and that is the first time he has done that since the first two games of his young career a few years back. So um, I think that I still don't know if I buy into him, honestly, because the first three games he had two touchdowns um, in all or. Yeah, two touchdowns in his first three games. He just wasn't performing well. And I started to doubt whether he could do it. And that's the way he was playing last year, too. So I think if he does it again this week, then I'll have to start buying into him. Again, the Eagles don't have a great defense, so I still don't know if he'd be able to do it against a good one. But that's definitely something I'm going to want to watch this week. And I think he definitely has a good chance of uh, putting up numbers against a good defense. And I think... Uh, because of the bad defense of the Eagles, I think Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, both of them are going to have pretty good days. Devin Funches has been getting more and more involved in this offense, and he leads the wide receivers in catches. The only one who has more catches than him, Christian McCaffrey. The running back who gets all the PPR, the catches, um, just scored his first touchdown last week, so he's coming off a good week, and I'm thinking he'll probably get another one again. May not turn into touchdowns because that's not really his role. His role is between the 20s, getting yardage, screen passes, stuff like that. But Devin Funches, Kelvin Benjamin definitely have good chance for touchdowns this week. I think both of them have a pretty good chance. The Eagles don't really have a shutdown corner, so I think they both could have good weeks. And then Jonathan Stewart, uh, the ground is pretty much just a desperation play, honestly. He'll get, the mo he'll get the majority of the carries, but he doesn't really do that much with them, and he doesn't have a touchdown on the year yet. For the Eagles... 
I think they can put up numbers against a good Panthers defense. They haven't had to go up against a good defense yet, but I have faith. Carson Wentz has done very, very well this year. He has four touchdown passes last week. So very, very excited to see his development and how he continues to perform. On the ground, the Garrett Blunt. We saw him last year for the Patriots, and he had so much touchdown upside. He got all the goal line carries, uh, but we weren't sure. I mean, other than those carries, he didn't really get a lot. He's average per carry was not very good. But in the past few games, he's been averaging almost six yards a carry. So the, definitely with the Eagles, he's been doing a lot better, and that makes him more of a viable play, especially since Wendell Smallwood looks like he will miss this game. So LeGarrette Blunt will be splitting carries with Chris Clement, and Clement will probably be getting more of the passes while Blunt does the rushing. So he definitely has upside. He's probably an RB2 this week. And then for the Eagles, Zach Ertz should be good as usual. He's led this team in catches and yards and is tied for second in touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey is the red zone target, um, and he'll be going up against some decent Carolina Panthers corners, but I think he has good a chance as any for a touchdown, so you can start him. Nelson Aguilar is leading this team in touchdowns, but I still think he's more of a flex, um, probably maybe even lower than that. I don't know if you can count on him on a consistent basis. He's only averaging um, less than four catches a game, so he's, he's kind of a boomer bust guy. So that's pretty much my thoughts on him. He can get a touchdown. If he does, it'll probably be a long one, but there's probably more of a chance. Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey are the consistent guys. Those are the guys that I'm trusting to put up numbers regardless. But ultimately, I think the balance of the Carolina Panthers, their offense and their defense, I think it's going to outdo the Eagles in their weak defense. First Sunday game we're going to talk about is the Miami Dolphins versus the Atlanta Falcons. And honestly, I don't... This shouldn't be even be a contest. The Falcons are coming off of their bye week, and then they're hosting the Miami Dolphins, who have been struggling, especially on offense. They did get a win last week, but it was not at all thanks to their offense. They had a fumble return touchdown early in the game, and they pretty much just maintained that lead throughout. Jay Cutler has not been doing much of anything. He's averaging well under 200 yards a game. just has not looked impressive. He has less than a touchdown per game, and um, Devontae Parker, who he usually targets, is looking... Uh, he's questionable right now, so I'm going to try and do an episode later this week with injury updates, so hopefully we'll get more word on him. But as of right now, it sounds like he may miss. Um, and then Jarvis Landry, who gets a lot of volume, doesn't really have much value outside of that. So I think um, the Dolphins are going to struggle, as they have been. The Falcons don't have a great defense, and if, they, if the Dolphins get points, it'll be because it's garbage time. Falcons are going to go up big, I think, in this one. So we'll see if Jay Cutler has to force it in there and throw some picks or if he actually is able to get something done late in the game. But honestly, I'm not expecting that much from them. I think if you have Jay Ajayi, you probably have to start him. Um, but the receivers I'm not really that optimistic about, especially Devont if Devontae Parker doesn't play. For the Falcons, Matt Ryan obviously is, I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's only averaging one touchdown pass per game, though, about 1.25, so he's not throwing as much as he has been in the past. Uh, Julio Jones and Mo Sanu are both um, on the injury report, and they were they got injured in their last game before the bye. So they're hoping that because he is coming back from... they Because they're coming off their bye week, they've had enough time to recover. I have not got word on whether that's going to be the case. It sounds like Julio is going to play. It sounds like Mo Sanu is not. But again, uh, if I do that injury episode, I will be updating you guys on that. So stay tuned for that. Um... But yeah, I guess there's not really a lot to talk about other than that, except for Devonta Freeman. He has five touchdowns on the year. 
he's getting goal line carries, and that's something that we didn't really know about originally. They haven't really done that in the past, they did, especially last year. He didn't get as many carries towards the goal line, um, but he's getting that this year, and he's getting he has 70 carries through four games, so he's getting a pretty good touch count. He's getting volume, and he's getting good red zone carries, so he's a solid RB1. Um, so yeah, that's my outlook for this game, and again, I think the Falcons take this one, and it won't be close. The Chicago Bears at the Baltimore Ravens. Mitch Trubisky will be making his second career start in this one. So you like to see that. I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, Mitch Trubisky did pretty well in his last game, considering he was going up against one of the league's best defenses in his first start. That's tough. Um, I think Kendall Wright is probably the guy who's going to lead this team in receptions. Uh, Nick would be going on a rant about him right now if he was here. He, uh, he's been a big fan of Kendall Wright since he came out of college, and he led the team in carries last year, or uh, he led the team in catches last week, but other than that, just, I mean, even with that, he only caught four passes. So there just wasn't a ton of volume to go around. I think if anybody does good, it'll probably be him, but not too excited about him yet, at least at this point. I want to wait and see what he does this week, um, and maybe even beyond, because the Ravens also have a pretty good defense. Jordan Howard, you got to start him. He's done very well so far this year. And Tariq Cohen, probably his worst output of the year last year. But I think they'll come back to him. They just have no talent in the receiving game. Kendall Wright is their number one, and even he's not that good. The guys behind him are not that good. So they're going to have to lean on the running backs with the screens, the carries. They're going to have to win this game. So if, if, um, if anybody gets volume, it'll be Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. For the Ravens, Joe Flacco... Uh, still has not really done that much this year, and that's limited his receivers. Mike Wallace caught a touchdown last week and had a pretty big game, about 130 yards, which was more than his output from the entire rest of the year combined. So you can't trust him. You can't trust Jeremy Maglin. Honestly, I don't trust any of their receivers. The guys that I want are Alex Collins and Javorius Allen. Both of them have been doing pretty well. So I think in this game, for both of these teams, you just want the two running backs, and that's probably about it. Honestly, Alex Collins, Buck Allen... I think the game is going to run through running backs, so that's the guys that I want in this game. And for Pickham, I'm taking the Ravens. Another reason that I think Alex Collins and Buck Allen are going to do well in this game, the Bears have a ton of injured linebackers, and they lost even more last week against the Vikings, and you saw some communication issues. They had their fifth-string inside linebacker, and he was having trouble getting the defense set and getting them organized. So you saw Jarek McKinnon take a long touchdown in that game because of the lack of communication. So it's tough. They've got, I mean... The fifth string, he's going to have some time to prepare this time around. He'll actually be ready for some starting time, but I think it'll still be difficult because this isn't the role that they really, the Bears really plan to have him in. So I think big day for the Baltimore Ravens running backs, and I'm picking them to win the game. Next up is the 0-5 Cleveland Browns versus the hot Houston Texans. They're only 2-3, but they've been going up against some tough opponents, and Deshaun Watson has been putting up numbers Nine touchdowns in the past two weeks, and I think he's going to throw a bunch more this week against a struggling Cleveland Browns team. He's going to put up numbers, uh, and that means big, uh, big things for DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller both, especially DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller actually only has um, about four catches, so he hasn't really done a whole lot. He's just pretty much been a red zone target, but I think they both have a chance to get into the end zone. They're going to score a lot of points. Lamar Miller is also a guy who probably will do well in this game. I, I just like the Houston Texans offense as a whole in this one. They're all going to do well against a, a Browns team that 
really just doesn't look good in any facet of the game. And for the Browns, Deshaun Kaiser has been benched for this one, and Kevin Hogan will get the start. My guess is he struggles early and he struggles often. I don't know if that will mean that they eventually bench him and put Kaiser back in, but I think he's going to struggle. Isaiah Crowell also, I mean, he's been struggling. I think that's going to continue. Uh, it's not going to help the Texans that they've lost J.J. Watt and um, their linebacker, who are both out for the year now, Whitney Merciless. But I don't think really that is going to make a difference. Crowell just hasn't done much this entire year, less than 200 yards through five games, averaging three yards a carry. So he's been struggling. I don't see any reason that changes. The only guy I want for the Browns is Duke Johnson. He continues to put up numbers late in the game, and I expect that continues because someone's got to do it when the Texans go up big. And really, nobody else has been consistent at all. Duke Johnson is the guy I want for the Browns, but the Texans are going to win this game. And if I'm playing Survivor, this is probably my pick of the week. My Packers are playing the Minnesota Vikings this week. Uh, and a, a few weeks ago, I was a little more worried than I am now. At that point, Dalvin Cook was still playing. Sam Bradford was still playing. Um, but now both of them are not. And Sam Bradford did come in last week, uh, but he did not look like himself. He clearly was worried about getting hit. There was actually a play where he saw his lineman that was about to back into him, and he just kind of lay down and curled into a ball. Like, that's how much he's protecting himself. And he's focusing so much on protecting himself that he's not focused on throwing the ball downfield, and he just wasn't able to get anything going. So they took him back out and put Case Keenum out there. So the Packers struggle on defense, but I don't think Case Keenum and Jarek McKinnon are going to be better than Aaron Rodgers and Ty Montgomery or Aaron Jones, whoever ends up getting the carries for them. I'll start with the Vikings, Case Keenum. Maybe even a gutsy start if you're um, really desperate for a quarterback. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that, but, I mean, the Packers' defense has struggled quite a bit. Uh, he has Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen as his weapons, two of the leading receivers in the league. We saw Stephon Diggs with an injury last week, and again, I will come back with an update on that injury later in the week. We haven't really gotten word on whether he's going to play or not. It's a risky play right now, but if he plays, he'll do great. Adam Thielen will do great. And we actually saw Kyle Rudolph get involved in last week as well. He caught his first touchdown, or his second touchdown of the year, but his first one with Case Keenum as quarterback. So that is good to see. It's finally getting involved with Case Keenum, and it looked like he wasn't going to really be viable until Sam Bradford came back. But Keenum finally started looking his way last week, and hopefully that will continue again. At the running back, um, Latavius Murray had the first five carries last week, and then he didn't really do much of anything after that. Jarek McKinnon stole the show. He had a long touchdown. He had a lot of yards. He's the guy that you want on the ground. I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be that good. I mean, he's a running back. And he's very one-dimensional. He doesn't catch passes, so he's pretty much only a running back. He only cut, uh, carries the ball out of the backfield, and he's not even very good at that. Jarek McKinnon, much more versatile, uh, a lot more fast. He's the better play. Um, and the Packers have a better run defense than pass defense. I'm expecting they're going to throw. But McK as I mentioned, McKinnon catches passes out of the backfield, so I think he's a good play this week as well. For the Packers, obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to play. You're going to start him. Uh, Devontae Adams, you probably want to start as well. He's got four touchdowns on the year, including two last week. Coming off of his big concussion, uh, didn't actually miss a week, but it looked like he was going to be out for a while. But he is the, he is the guy that Rodgers is throwing to in the end zone, especially if Jordy Nelson is out for this game. That's another one. We're not sure if he's going to play yet. Obviously, if he is, you start him. But he didn't really do that much last week. He had one touchdown, but other than that, did pretty much nothing. He only had about 20 yards throughout the game. 
because he was sitting out part of the time with his injury. And it's undeclared whether he's going to play or not this week. And also undeclared who, if he's going to play or not, is the running back positions. Ty Montgomery was the full participant in practice today, or Wednesday. So it sounds like he's going to start, but I think Aaron Jones has carved a role for himself. So I think both of them are probably going to split carries. And that's not really a good sign for either one. So honestly, if you play either one of them, they're going to be flex plays. I don't think they're going to get enough volume for RB1 or RB2 numbers. But they both could be decent for you. They both could get something going. Um, but I'm picking the Packers to win this one. I don't think Case Keenum and uh, Jarek McKinnon are going to be able to pull this one off against Aaron Rodgers. The 3-2 and two Detroit Lions are taking on the 2-2 two and two New Orleans Saints. Uh, for the Lions... We saw Matthew Stafford put up numbers last week, but it wasn't until the fourth quarter. They really weren't able to move the ball at all before that, and it was pretty much garbage time at that point. They actually almost ended up pulling out the win. They lost by only a field goal. But honestly, they didn't really do that much on offense before that, and I think that's probably the way that it's going to end up being a lot of times. They seem to like come alive in the fourth quarter and not really do that much other than that. That's why Stafford has so many fourth-quarter comebacks. Uh, but we did see him going towards Marvin Jones a few times last week, so I think he's probably a flex play. Golden Tate would be a wide receiver three. Uh, Golden Tate has 29 catches on the year, so he's going to get the volume, especially in PPR. So it's going to help you there. Um, and I think in standard, he's probably play as well, especially against the Saints defense that we know has struggled. Amir Abdullah is not a guy I want to be starting. As we saw last week, he lost a goal line carry to Zach Zenner, who got the touchdown. And Abdullah doesn't catch passes. The Aritic catches passes. So that's why Abdullah just has such a low floor and a low ceiling. He's just not a valid play for me. For the Saints, Drew Brees, obviously you're going to start him. Uh, Michael Thomas, you got to start him. I think the interesting thing here to watch is going to be uh, Willie Sneed coming back one for one. Um, he's coming back. He Last week he was out with an injury after returning from a suspension. So he still has not played yet this year. This will be his debut, and he, it sounds like he is 100% to play. So I want to see if he starts to take away um, some of the targets that were going to Ted Ginn, Brandon Coleman. I want to see if Willie Sneed can be what he was last year with a consistent role in the offense and less of a punt play like Ted Ginn and Brandon Coleman have been so far this year. And then the other thing is obviously the running backs. Adrian Peterson no longer on the team. He got traded to the Cardinals earlier this week. So Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara are not going to have competition. They're going to be splitting the carries between the two of them, but they get enough volume to have both of them be viable plays. Mark Ingram will get most of the carries. Alvin Kamara will get most of the receptions, but they both do both. They're versatile. They're going to get their work. So I think both of them are valid flex plays, and I like both of them this week. Ultimately, though, I'm taking the Lions. I think they're a more balanced team. The Saints just... I mean, they have a good offense, but they're not balanced, and they always seem to come out like 50-50 at the end of the year. They can't really beat the good teams, the more balanced teams. So I think the Lions, um, coming off a loss, are going to come in and win this one. The New England Patriots are taking on the New York Jets, and nobody saw this coming, that the Jets would be higher in the division ranking than the Patriots in Week 5. What the heck? Who could have seen that coming? The Jets looked like the team that was going to tank and lose pretty much every game this year. New England looked unstoppable, looked like they might win every game, but they're both at 3-2, and two, and the Jets are above them because they have more divisional wins. 
So, I honestly, I think that ends this week, and I'm pretty sure almost everybody else thinks that as well. While the Jets are 3-2, and two, they have a winning record. They're not as good of a team as that, and they're going to struggle, especially since Bilal Powell sounds like he will probably miss this game. The running backs have been the feature of the Jets. Matt Forte is injured, Bilal Powell's injured, so they're stuck with just Elijah McGuire. And I don't think Josh McCown and Elijah McGuire are going to be able to pull it off against the GOAT, Tom Brady. So Josh McCown, um, the Patriots do have um, quite a struggle on defense. They did look a little bit better last week, but uh, they still, I think Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson, Austin Safarian Jenkins, these guys probably have a chance to put up numbers against the Patriots defense. Um, I think the only one I'm really trusting is Safarian Jenkins. He is a tight end one for me. Uh, but Anderson and Kears are more uh, punt play flex guys. Elijah McGuire is probably worth rostering, though, and probably starting as well, especially since, or especially if Ball Powell doesn't play and Matt Forte doesn't play. Uh, but they, the Patriots are the guys that you want, obviously. They're going to put up numbers. They're going to establish their dominance, and I mean, they're going to be mad that the Jets are ahead of them. There's no way they let this game slip. Tom Brady, obviously you're going to start him. Brandon Cooks, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Hogan, they've got so many guys that are going to put up numbers. Chris Hogan is leading this team in touchdowns. He has five. Nobody else has more than two. So Chris Hogan is turning into a red zone target, and I don't think he would have as many if Rob Gronkowski hadn't been injured like he has been. But still, Chris Hogan is a guy that Tom Brady's looking for in the end zone, and that's always something you want to see in fantasy. Rob Gronkowski, if he plays, he's probably going to take away a lot of those red zone targets, and he'll get his volume as well, of course. Brandon Cooks, while you haven't seen him put up the numbers that he has been, uh, or the, the numbers that you would have hoped to see from where you drafted him, he's still getting quite a bit of yardage. He has 379 yards on the year, and I expect uh, him to get quite a bit this game. On the ground... I don't know if you can trust anyone there. Mike Gillisley had three touchdowns in week one and has allowed only one in the four games since then. So I don't really know what's up with that. I thought he was going to be getting the goal line carries, all of them and quite a bit of them. So it seemed like he was going to be getting quite a few looks in the red zone, which would give him a lot of points, which would make him a viable starter. But that hasn't been the case. I think he's too risky of a play for me. James White is valid in PPR, maybe even in standard two, but in PPR especially, he's the guy who um, Brady usually targets on the screen passes out of the backfield. So he's been doing pretty well for me. He usually gets about 11 points a week in PPR scoring. So that is pretty good. But other than that, I don't think you can trust anyone for rushing. But again, Patriots are going to take this game. There's no way they let the Jets beat them the San Francisco 49ers, and the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are coming off of their bye, and I think they're going to be ready to demolish a San Francisco team that still does not have any wins. Kirk Cousins is going to put up numbers, I'm expecting. Terrell Pryor, he's struggled throughout this whole year. I think if he has a week where he's going to put up numbers, it's going to be this week. If he doesn't, I don't think you can trust him ever. I mean, it's been five weeks. He has the bye week. So he's had all this time to establish connection with Kirk Cousins, and it just hasn't happened. So I think this week, is if he's going to have it, it's going to have to be this week. Otherwise, I don't know if I trust him the rest of the year. Chris Thompson and Samaj P. Ryan are probably going to both have big weeks. Rob Kelly sounds like he's going to be out for this game. So that means they're going to get some work. Um, and against a 49ers defense, especially a rush defense that is very weak, they should both have big weeks, especially with uh, what Chris Thompson has been doing with his touches. 
obviously didn't have that much in their last game, but other than that, has been doing a lot. He has four touchdowns in four games. Uh, for the 49ers, Brian Hoyer has four touchdowns on the year, and he's been doing it. He's been doing all right late in garbage time, but other than that, hasn't really done much. Pierre Garcon is the only receiver I trust. Marquise Goodwin is kind of a punt play, and he may put up big numbers. He may not. He's one of those boomer bust guys. The biggest note for me in this one is the running game. Last week, Carlos Hyde did not really get any volume because now Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, has said he's just trying to go with the hot hand at running back. Last week, that was Matt Breda. And this is bad news for both of them because both of them could either have a really big week or they could have nothing. Or they could both have nothing. You really don't know what's going to happen with them anymore, and until I see this situation play out, I don't know if I can trust any of them. I think if you have Carlos Hyde, you maybe can put him in the flex position. You can probably do the same with Breda. But just be ready for the fact that both of them could end up with getting you pretty much nothing. So there are more consistent guys that I would rather have, um, guys with consistent roles that at least are going to get you a few points, whereas these guys might get you nothing. So I'm taking the Redskins to win this one, though. I don't think San Francisco gets their first win. It gets a team fresh off a bye and a team that I expect to compete for the division title. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking on an Arizona Cardinals team that just got demolished last week by the Eagles, 34-7. to And I don't really think much changes this week. The Cardinals, I still think, are going to lose, probably not by as much as they did last time. Um, the Eagles are a better team than the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers are good enough to beat the Cardinals. Jameis Winston has been missing quite a few throws, but he still has 1,200 yards and 7 touchdowns. So he's going to have his fair share of misses, but he's also going to have his fair share of connections. Um, for the receivers, they've actually been really well spread out. Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, and Cameron Brait are all within 70 yards of each other. Um, the best guy, obviously, is Mike Evans. He hasn't really done as much as you'd hope from him this year, but he's still the guy that you want. Cameron Brait has three touchdowns on the year, and he seems to be the red zone threat. He has three straight games with a touchdown. Obviously, that's something that you want, that you want, especially in a field where the tight ends have really struggled, especially since a bunch of them are injured now. So Cameron Bright is a pretty solid starter, along with Mike Evans. I think Deshaun Jackson has another big week because Mike Evans is going to be locked up with Patrick Peterson. So that's going to take away some, some from him. And Deshaun Jackson should get some deep shots to him because Patrick Peterson usually takes away the top option, and then the number two gets a lot of volume. So that's what I'm expecting. Another big week for Deshaun Jackson. On the ground, Doug Martin is going to get the work. Jacquez Rogers just didn't perform without him. So he'll probably get a few carries here and there, but Doug Martin is going to be the guy. For the Cardinals, obviously the most interesting thing to see is Adrian Peterson. I don't know how much work he's going to get in his first game there. He's not going to have a ton of work with the playbook, but I think he'll at least be in there a little bit. And they cut Chris Johnson. So it's not like he's going to be getting the work. So at least at first, Peterson will be splitting a lot with Andre Ellington and Kerwin Williams and guys like that. But I expect he'll pull away um, further down the season. So Adrian Peterson, probably a guy you're going to want to pick up if he's on your waiver wire, if he got cut. But I don't think you can start him this week just because he just got there. We don't know what his role is going to be yet. So wait and see with him. But down the road, he should be a viable starter. Uh, for the receivers, Larry Fitzgerald. Consistent. You want him. Other than that, J.J. Nelson, Jerron Brown, John Brown, you never know who's going to go off. Any of them could go off this week. Probably one of them, at least one of them will. But who is it going to be? You don't know. So uh, those three are like, they're viable DFS plays. 
but I don't think they're really guys that you want in a standard fantasy league. Ultimately, I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. I don't think they have struggled on offense. They have injuries on defense, but I think they can do enough to put away the Cardinals, who have struggled quite a bit this year without David Johnson. The Los Angeles Rams are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And the Jaguars, is there a more frustrating team in football? They're off one week, on the next week, and it's just so inconsistent with them. They were off, or they're 3-2, and two, so they were good, they were bad, they were good, they were bad, they were good. And, I mean, if they continue that pattern, they'll be bad this week. But it's just so hard to say with them. You never know what you're going to get. That defense has so much talent, but it's basically whether the offense is able to do anything and whether they can keep the defense off the field, pretty much. Blake Bortles, obviously, is he has his issues. He's done okay in the games where they've won, but other than that, he's been brutal. Marquis Lee and Alan Hearns both had next to nothing last week, and both of them have barely over 200 yards on the year. So honestly, I don't think you can start either one of them. I know both of them were going to be viable plays once Allen Robinson went down, but I think that's kind of starting to slip by the wayside. If you have to start one of them, I would take Marquise Lee, but honestly, I don't really want either one. Leonard Fournette is the only guy that you want to start for the Jaguars, and he continues to look like a beast. Five touchdowns so far in the year, 466 yards, so he's almost averaging 100 yards a game, and he is averaging a touchdown a game, so he will continue to get work. Hopefully not overworked, but he is getting volume, and he's also catching some passes too. 13 receptions for 128 and a touchdown. He's going to get his work. But that's pretty much the only guy I want for the Jaguars. For the Rams, Todd Gurley had a bad week last week, but I think he'll bounce back a little bit in this one. The Jaguars are the worst run defense team, and they're one of the best pass defense teams. So I think the Rams are going to lean on Todd Gurley in this one, which is bad news for the Rams receivers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins. All of them have kind of took turns going off in games, and they've all had pretty limited roles overall. So I think... Um, going up against the talent, the Jacksonville Jaguars corners, they're going to struggle, and Todd Gurley is going to shine in this one. For Pickham, I'm taking the Rams. The Jaguars are just too inconsistent for me. I, I get burned by them every time I pick them because they look good one week, and then I'm like, all right, I'm buying into them. I think they're going to win, and they just tank. I, I don't know what the deal is with them, but I'm going with the more consistent team, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. This week, the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger was terrible last week. Five interceptions, no touchdowns. He now has more interceptions than touchdowns on the year and just looks old. He doesn't look the way he, that he used to be. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. So I don't think you can start him, honestly. I think he's droppable in fantasy leagues. Antonio Brown is really the only receiver I want. He has 545 yards this year. Obviously, the biggest guy, the biggest wide receiver in football, the best, um, I don't really think there's any question there. He's the most consistent guy by far that I've seen. Martavis Bryant uh, has 200 yards, so he's really just not doing that well, only averaging 40 yards a game, and has one touchdown. So he had one good week. Other than that, he's been pretty terrible throughout. Le'Veon Bell, of course, you're starting him as well, 371 yards, three touchdowns. So he struggled, uh, but he's getting into his groove, and I think they're going to have to lean on him since Ben Roethlisberger continues to struggle. But the Chiefs' defense is pretty good, and also their offense is pretty good. They're 5-0 and for a reason. Alex Smith is looking like a beast, and, I mean, he kind of had to be. When you, guy, when you got a guy, Patrick Mahomes, coming in as a rookie and you know he's going to take your job, Alex Smith is putting on a show. And he's got 11 touchdowns on the year. 
Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey are very viable guys. Chris Conley was their number two, and he actually tore his Achilles last week, so he is out for the year. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and, of course, Kareem Hunt are the guys you want. Kareem Hunt has 609 rushing yards so far this year, along with 166 receiving. Even though he hasn't scored in the past two ye- to the past two weeks, he continues to get yardage. And that is more than you can ask for for most people. He has almost 800 yards through five games. That is insane, especially for a rookie. So, obviously, you want to play him. He's been a beast, even without scoring touchdowns. Travis Kelsey is the biggest target for Alex Smith. Uh, It sounds like he's questionable for this week. So, again, stay tuned for the injury report coming later. But if he plays, you have to start him. And Tyreek Hill has such good upside. And Pittsburgh Steelers' defense, honestly, isn't really that good. So this is a pretty good matchup for Hill, and I think he has a chance to go off this week. And ultimately, I'm going with the Chiefs. They're so well-balanced, and Ben Roethlisberger's been struggling so mightily. The Chiefs are uh, a good bet in this one. I think that they're going to go and advance to 6-0. and The Los Angeles Chargers have, are coming off of their first win of the year, and they're taking on the Raiders, who are on a three-game skid. Part of that is because Derek Carr has been injured, and he sounds like he's going to come back. The head coach of the Raiders, Jack Del Rio, has said he expects Derek Carr to play this week, uh, assuming that he doesn't have a setback. So far, that hasn't happened, so I'm expecting him to return, which is good news for Crabtree, Jared Cook, and Amari Cooper. And speaking of Amari Cooper, I don't think he's a must-start. I don't even know. You can't drop him. I said this in the preview, but you can't drop him. He's too talented for that, and I mean, I think he's going to get it eventually, but right now, I don't think you can start him. He's just been so terrible. 118 yards in five games is not what you're looking for from your wide receiver one in some leagues, wide receiver two, depending on the depth of your league. So Michael Crabtree, you got to start. He's got four touchdowns on the year. Three of them came in one game, but he did get quite a bit of volume last week, and I think especially with Cooper struggling, Michael Crabtree is going to be the guy that's targeted. Uh, I guess it really depends on who Casey Hayward lines up against, though. Uh, it sounds like it, I think he's going up against Amari Cooper. I'm not positive about that, but uh, if he does, then that's definitely a big day for Michael Crabtree. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, so inconsistent this year as well. Only 194 yards through five games and two touchdowns. So he's pretty much had one big game. I don't think he's a must-start either. I think that you can start him. Um I wouldn't. I think he's a flex play, if anything. I don't think he's an RB two. Even he's just been so inconsistent. He hasn't gotten a ton of carries. Um, he's getting less than fifteen a game, only averaging twelve a game, not even. So it's just not the volume isn't there for him, and he's been un- unable to get going. So it's hard to trust him either. For the Chargers, I think they're going to be all right. Philip Rivers is a viable start. The Raiders defense just isn't very good, and that's good news for Keenan Allen. He had a pretty um, nondescript day last week didn't really do a whole lot but he is definitely the guy that Philip Rivers is targeting and he leads this team far away in receptions and targets and then of course Melvin Gordon he has five touchdowns including two receiving last week which is really good to see Melvin Gordon was um, he was pretty much the running back and that was about it they had Danny Woodhead to catch passes but now that Danny Woodhead is gone Melvin Gordon is catching passes he has 19 receptions on the year which is second on the team only to Keenan Allen so he is getting his work, uh, he's getting touchdowns, he's getting volume through the air and on the ground, so he's definitely a guy you want to start. I think I'm taking the Raiders, though, assuming Derek Carr plays. If Derek Carr does not play, I'm going to take the Chargers. Um, but ultimately, the Chargers are 
have been pretty inconsistent lately. They did win last week, but it was against a Giants team who lost all of their top four options at wide receiver and also who didn't have any wins. Other than that, they just seem to choke at the end pretty much every time, so I think the Raiders are a better bet to win. The winless New York Giants are taking on the Denver Broncos, who are fresh off of their Week 5 bye. And last week, we saw the Giants lose all four of their top receiving options. Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall are both out for the year, and Sterling Shepard is week-to-week. Sounds like he's trending towards not playing this week, so they're going to struggle again. That's really all there is to it. They're going to struggle. Evan Ingram is probably a viable start, but other than that, I don't know if you can start anyone. Orleans Darkwa and Wayne Gallman were splitting carries on the ground, so both of them are maybe flex plays, since I think they're going to have to probably lean on their ground game. Uh, but against the Denver Broncos defense, you can't really trust that. Um, so last week they were playing tight ends at wide receiver once they all went down, and there was just so much confusion and so much struggling on offense for the Giants. I think that continues. They do actually have a plan for receivers. They've signed a few this week. But they're not going to be as good as Odell Beckham was. They're not going to be as good as Sterling Shepard was. And probably not even Brandon Marshall, even though he's been struggling this year. So the Giants are going to struggle. And the Broncos are one of the best teams in the NFL. They're 3-1. and one. Trevor Simeon has cooled down since his hot start. But they're still great guys on that team. And their defense is the feature. So even if their offense struggles, they'll still pull it out with their defense. C.J. Anderson is a valid play. He's 330 yards through four games, which is pretty good. Doesn't get a lot of touchdowns, but he gets a lot of the work. Jamal Charles uh, has 33 carries, so he's getting he's getting volume. He's getting a little bit of work, but I don't think it's enough to make C.J. Anderson not viable. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both good plays as well. The Giants' defense is, has been struggling this year, and especially with how bad their offense is, I think their defense is going to be on the field too much, and that's going to give scoring opportunities for the Broncos' offense. So Thomas and Sanders, both pretty good plays. And the Broncos take this one in a landslide. I don't think this one will be close either. The Giants aren't going to be able to do anything without their top receiving options against a solid Broncos defense. The Indianapolis Colts are taking on the Tennessee Titans this week. And Marcus Mariota missed last week with an injury and says he hopes to play this week. He definitely wants to. Uh, It's just going to depend on how well he's able to move around. So that's another reason you need to stay tuned for the injury report that I will release later this week. Uh, But I don't know if he's going to play or not. So that's really all we've got right now. Richard Matthews has 284 yards and a touchdown, but um, he, Eric Decker, really anybody, any of those receivers, any of those tight ends, if Marcus Mariota doesn't play, they're not valuable. I don't think, I don't trust Matt Castle. They're going to have to lean on the ground game again, which they did last week, but even then, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry didn't really put up numbers. Murray is a flex play, and Henry is a desperation play. They're just both... They don't do that much. They, I don't know what the deal is with them, but they split carries, so that doesn't help. And then they just haven't been able to put up numbers. And I don't know what's causing that because they were so good last year. Both of them were so good, but they just haven't been able to do it this year. Uh, I think it's probably due to more of a time split. DeMarco Murray was clearly the lead back, and Derrick Henry was just a change of pace, whereas now it's a 50-50 split. And I don't. it doesn't look like that's helped them. They've struggled this year. So you can't really trust either one of them, honestly. And then for the Colts, Jacoby Brissett led the team to another win last week. So he looks okay. Um, I think he has a chance to be maybe another valuable streamer. The Titans don't really have that good of a defense. We saw them put uh, allow the Texans to score 57 on them a few weeks ago. Um, we saw the Dolphins beat them last week. 
They're just not very good. And Brissett doesn't put up a ton of numbers, but he puts up enough to win. And he seems to score a lot of rushing touchdowns, which those are worth more than passing touchdowns. So if he can get one or two of those again, that'll really boost his numbers. On the ground, Frank Gore and Marlon Mack. I don't trust either one of them because you don't know who's going to start. Last week it was Marlon Mack. Before that it was Frank Gore. I want to see this situation play out before I trust starting either one of them. And the only guy I want to start at receiver is T.Y. Hilton. Dante Moncrief, I've said this before, but he's a red zone threat, and Jacoby Brissett doesn't really throw it there that much. He seems to take it himself a lot once they get in close. Uh, Jack Doyle, I haven't heard if he's going to play or not, so stay tuned for that one as well. Um, but yeah, T.Y. Hilton is the only receiver I want to start. Uh, in this game, I'm taking Tennessee if uh, Mariota plays, but if he doesn't, I'm actually going to take the Colts. I think Brissett has done enough, and... I've seen the Titans not do very much at all with Matt Castle quarterback, so I don't trust him to take the team to a victory. So uh, if Mariota plays Tennessee, otherwise I'm taking Indianapolis. Okay, that wraps up all of the matchups for this week. So thank you all for listening. As always, thank you for joining me. It's been a fun time. If you have any questions that you would like answered, I would love to talk to you uh, with your fantasy questions, your NFL questions, whatever you'd like. So you can email me, jacob at footballfanaticpodcast.com. Uh, footballfanaticpodcast.com is the website, so you can go there and fill out a form to send me an email if that would be easier. Or send me a tweet at NFLfanaticPOD, and then if you're listening on Anchor, of course, you can call in. So whatever you'd like to do to reach me, I would love to answer your questions. So just let me know what you guys got. And other than that, uh, if you're listening on iTunes and you'd like to leave a review, if you enjoy the podcast, that would be amazing. It really helps in the rankings and helps people to find the podcast, so that would be awesome. Uh, but other than that, Again, thank you for joining me today. I will catch you next time.